Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. This is from Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Peter. Hey, everyone. How are we doing? Good. You guys are in for a treat today uh, as we are uh, in this third week of Advent. We have a very special person who's going to give us our sermon. Katie Fike is our communications director. Uh, she spends all of her time making us sound good and look good. Uh, just like, uh, you know, the Instagram filter. She is like the Vine's permanent Instagram filter. Uh, but today we get to hear directly from Katie as, uh, as she shares. This is her first time to give a sermon. Guys, it's going to be so good. So will you please welcome Katie. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Good morning. It is a real joy for me to be with all of you this morning. I love working here at The Vine and getting to know all of you in this community. And it's been such a blessing to me and my family. As part of my role, I have the privilege of reading through drafts of Mark and Ted's sermons before they preach, which I've been doing for over a year now. So I should pretty much be an expert on preaching by now. Right? No, wrong. I've never done anything like this before, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm trusting that God will work through me and speak through me, or maybe in spite of me. <laughs> but we are in the Christmas season, and I don't know about you, but this season comes with a lot of expectations. As kids, we expect certain gifts that we've asked for, or a certain number of presents on Christmas morning, as adults, we expect our kids to have a certain magical experience or that they'll be grateful for whatever they get, which is probably wishful thinking. Um, or if you're like my husband, you too wish to have a magical Christmas experience. <laughs> so we expect family gatherings to go a certain way, that they'll be full of peace and harmony without any arguments or meltdowns. And it's hard when things don't go as we expect especially during this season when we're supposed to be celebrating and joyful. 
But the reality is we all have expectations. And we all have times of waiting to see if what we expected will actually happen. This is generally not something we enjoy. Um, while some of you thrive on the spontaneous and the unknown, if you're like me, you like to know what to expect and you plan for things to go a certain way. Um, we like to be in control and to know what's ahead of us. And it can be hard when our expectations are not met or something or someone comes along and derails where we thought we were going. We're currently in the season of Advent, a time of waiting, of expecting, expectant for Christ's arrival. Our theme this year for Advent is Behold, and our goal as a church is to create space to stop, to listen, and to make room for Christ in this season. We're looking at the characters surrounding Christ's birth and considering how they behold the promise of Jesus and what it means for us today. Today, we're going to look at the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. As she receives word from the angel Gabriel about bearing the Son of God, as she has this miracle confirmed by her relative Elizabeth, and as she then sings praise to God for his faithfulness. And through this, I hope to help us consider how in Advent and in life, God so often works in ways we don't expect. Our passage this morning begins with the Annunciation, or the announcement from the angel Gabriel to Mary of the incarnation of Christ, which is literally when God became flesh. We're told that Gabriel visits Mary and says to her, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Gabriel then proceeds to tell Mary that she, though she is a virgin, will conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit and will bear a son who will be the Messiah, the savior of the world. Whoa, a visit from an angel saying you'll be the mother of the Messiah. Definitely unexpected. Let's back up a bit here. The people of God, uh, the Israelites, have been waiting for a savior, and there have been prophecies and expectations about how that savior would look and act. Maybe he would be a mighty warrior or from a royal family or one of the religious elite. But the expectation was that he would come in power and might with fanfare and pomp and circumstance. But here we begin to see that in his most redemptive act, the arrival of Christ into the world, God is working in completely unexpected ways. Here we have Mary, not a queen or a princess, not from a powerful family or a prominent religious center, but a young girl. Most scholars believe her to be about 14 years old, unmarried from a quiet country town. She's of no real status or significance, Yet, Mary is highly favored by God, and God chooses Mary through which to enact his plan for salvation and redemption in the world. This isn't something new for God. It's actually kind of his signature move. Over and over throughout scripture, we see that God chooses to partner with the average, normal, seemingly insignificant people to carry out his work. God's presence through Christ entered humanity then as he still seeks to meet us now, through ordinary people in ordinary ways. And I think this is an important reminder for us. Just as God chose Mary, just as Jesus chose his ragtag group of disciples, God chooses everyday people to carry out his work in the world. He chooses everyday people like you and like me. 
And if you think you're too ordinary to be used by God, be careful. You're actually God's favorite choice. Something interesting and challenging, though, to note here is that although God chooses us just as he chose Mary, it doesn't mean that life will be easy or devoid of pain and suffering. And perhaps it may even include ridicule and danger. See, Mary, though she is blessed and highly favored by God, is actually coming into a situation that doesn't seem so favorable from the outside. Mary will be pregnant outside of marriage in a time that could have actually warranted her death. And not only that, we know that later she will watch her beloved son be executed as a criminal. Not really something we would think of as blessing. All of her life's expectations will be derailed by this divine encounter. I think we often assume that blessing and favor from God equals things that our society deems as good. But God has a different definition. Theologian R. Alan Culpepper puts it this way, acceptability, prosperity, and comfort have never been the essence of God's blessing. The story of Mary is so familiar that we let its familiarity mask its scandal. Not only was Mary saying yes to something that would, from the outside, be considered a scandal, but her story also reminds us that God's blessing is not the same as what the world thinks of as blessing. The masked scandal of God's favor is that blessing does not equal comfort, ease, or control. God's blessing does not equal social standing, wealth, an upwardly mobile job, or even good health. In fact, saying yes to God's blessing often goes against the culture of prosperity, comfort, social status, and safety that we live in. And when following God, we actually don't know exactly what to expect. But there's one thing we can rely on. God is with us. Just as God was with Mary, and we see it in Gabriel's greeting to her, the Lord is with you. I think my favorite name for God comes from Matthew's account of Jesus' birth, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we see over and over again throughout scripture and again here, that even though there are challenges and loss and deep sadness and unexpected twists and turns in life, God is with us. I was just uh, with my sister a few weeks ago. She's pregnant with her first, a boy. And she's about halfway into her pregnancy and I got the privilege of putting my hand to her belly and feeling her baby move. It's a miracle. Every pregnancy, every birth is a miracle. And it's a reminder that God came to dwell with us. The word literally became flesh in the womb of Mary and made his dwelling among us. God with us. Mary knew that God would be with her. And there's something beautiful and peaceful and bold in the way she responds to this blessing from God. She responds with obedience, with trust, and with surrender. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary's just been given almost unbelievable news that will forever alter the course of her life and the life of human history, and she responds with trust. Even though she probably still has lots of questions and doesn't know what to expect, and even though she could lose her reputation and her life even, 
She is choosing to partner with God. Mary surely expected her life to go a certain way. She would marry Joseph, have a family, and live out a simple, ordinary life. But when God intervenes and does the unexpected, it changes everything. Are we expectant for God's divine interruption in our lives? Are we willing to have our plans, our hopes, our status and comfort be interrupted? And when that interruption does happen, will we surrender our will and respond like Mary? I am the Lord's servant. Mary's response of trust and surrender is a beautiful example for us to follow when God acts unexpectedly in our lives. After Mary receives this life-altering news that she will bear the Son of God, she goes to visit her relative, Elizabeth. Um, I don't know if you remember, but part of the angel's revelation to Mary was that Elizabeth, even though she is old in age and was considered barren, is also now pregnant. And when Mary reaches Elizabeth's home and greets her, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. We're told that Elizabeth then, without knowing about Mary's pregnancy, loudly proclaims, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you, are, you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This is a beautiful communal moment affirming what God is doing. Mary receives affirmation of her calling from Elizabeth. It is a sign to Mary that God is faithful and worthy of her trust, and what is happening to her is indeed real and true and wonderful. After Mary hears Elizabeth's prophetic words of blessing and assurance that God is who he said he is, Mary bursts forth in a song of praise, often referred to as Mary's song or the Magnificat, coming from the Latin to magnify, found in the first line of some translations. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This poetic language echoes the generations of Israelites who have gone before her. It is a song recounting God's goodness and faithfulness to Mary personally, and also God's mercy and faithfulness to God's people. And Mary's praise to God is actually quite revolutionary in nature. It's about the unexpected ways that God in his power, grace, and mercy will redeem all areas of life. Notice the repetition of the unexpectedness of God. God is mindful of his servant. He scatters the proud. He brings down rulers. God lifts up the humble. He fills the hungry. He sends the rich away empty. God is a provider, a promise keeper, 
and a faithful father to a people who have wandered away from him time and time again. We see again here in Mary's spontaneous song of praise that God cares for the marginalized. He fights on behalf of the humble and the lowly to subvert societal structures of oppression. And how does God do this? Through the insignificance of Nazareth, the unwed Middle Eastern teenager, through the weakness of a child. Talk about unexpected. The alternative reign of Christ begins here. In this series, we're talking about beholding, waiting, longing. The nation of Israel was also in a time of waiting, of expecting. They were waiting for a savior. Israel had a long history of suffering under the oppression of larger, stronger nations. They were waiting to be delivered from their suffering. Are there places in our lives or in the lives of our loved ones that we're still waiting for God to make right, to deliver us from our suffering? For most of us, the answer is yes. And a beautiful truth from this song of praise from Mary comes at the end is that God will make all things right. He remembers to be merciful and he keeps his promises. Again, often in unexpected ways. As a staff, uh, we discuss the passages of scripture being preached on every week in our staff meeting. And one of the recurring themes that has risen from that study was coined by Nick Dunn with the phrase, God is crazy. (laughs) And by that we mean that God is unpredictable, unexpected, and he's in the business of doing the impossible. A beautiful verse from this passage is one that the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary as he reassures her. He says in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. And this is also translated as, for nothing will be impossible with God. God is crazy. He flips things upside down. He does the unexpected. And nothing will be impossible with God. Again, theologian Culpepper speaks on this. A barren woman can bear a child. A virgin can conceive. The Lord can enter into human history as a child. From a tomb can come resurrection, and the Holy Spirit can empower the church for its worldwide mission. It is a promise in the future tense. With God, nothing will be impossible. Advent is soaked in divine possibility. Are we expecting the God of the impossible? Do we have great expectations for the ways that God wants to enter our lives and when, like Mary, our lives go off script, a job loss, a diagnosis, losing a loved one, is God possible there too? I love this piece of art called Mary Comforts Eve. It's by a nun, Sister Grace Remington, who lives in Iowa. I'm sure many of you are already familiar with it, but just take a minute and behold it. What do you notice? Do you see the shame in Eve's face? Do you see the snake wrapped around her leg? Do you see Mary's foot crushing the head of the snake? 
do you see Mary's knowing smile? I think my favorite part is Mary clasping Eve's hand over her belly. Two women beholding God's redemptive work of grace, of new life. Here we see God's unexpected plan for salvation, a baby. God loves us so much that he came to be with us. He defeated sin and death, and he offers us this amazing grace and this new life. God meets with us in personal, real, human, unexpected ways. Mary being pregnant is quite literally expecting. And she gets the blessing of seeing God's faithfulness and persistent pursuit of us come to fruition. After the divine interruption, the unplanned pregnancy, the last minute journey to Bethlehem, and the birth in a manger of all places, Mary gets to cradle the tiny, warm body of the Savior in her arms. She beholds the God with us, and she sees that God is a God beyond our expectations, a God of surprises, a God of the impossible. Through the unexpected twists and turns that Mary encountered up to this point, she trusted in God's faithfulness, and at the culmination of Advent, when the Savior of the world does arrive, she gets the joy of beholding Christ. May we, like Mary, trust in God when our lives don't go as we expect. May we remember that God chooses us to partner with him. And may we look forward with hope and joy to the redeeming work of the God of the impossible. Amen.